Earthlings. This is Harris Shilakovsky. I'm a musician and a big fan of science and of great scientists. And this is my podcast, Opus Magnanimus. When I look at the universe, I seek the underlying order of cosmological things, as others have before me. I attempt to organize the dreams, theories, and discoveries of stargazers and dreamers, astrophysicists, astronomers, astrobiologists, and other scientists from both the past and the present, which they have magnanimously shared with us, and to create pieces of music that are inspired by those cosmological things, such as the exciting new pictures from super telescopes that are enabling us to travel back through cosmological time. The experiences, the experiments, and the inventions of these great scientists throughout history. Our great scientists also experience life and culture themselves. So I hope these pieces will help us feel what they feel, hear what they hear. Some of these pieces of music will be included in the final version of Opus Magnanimus. By listening to the episodes of the Opus Magnanimus podcasts, you are seeing, hearing, and experiencing firsthand the creation of a grand musical creation. The music playing at the beginning of today's episode is a rough draft musical idea that I wrote to represent our subject for today. Indian astronomy in the first millennium. Or you might call it post-Siddhantic astronomy during the medieval period in the Islamic world, also known as the Zij era. During this first millennium, Islam became a predominant force in India. Many of the Greek texts from scientists and philosophers were translated from Greek into Arabic during this period. The Zij tablets contained astronomical data. Al-Khwarizmi, who lived from 780 to 850 in the common era, translated these Zij tablets from the original Sanskrit, the ancient Indian language. One of his great contributions was to add the number zero to the already existing Indian numbering system. This numbering system was and is considered a great contribution from the Vedic mathematicians 
So Abu Jafar Muhammad ibn Musa al-Khwarizmi was an Islamic mathematician who wrote scholarly works on Hindu Arabic numerals. The word algorithm actually is taken from his name, Khwarizmi, and his algebra treatise called Hisab Algebra while Mukabala gives us the word algebra and can be considered to be the first book written about algebra. So why am I talking about algebra so much? Well, we need uh, these types of this this way of of understanding uh, numbers in order to understand more about the universe Al-Khwarizmi uses geometrical figures also to explain his equations which historians feel shows that he must have been familiar with the second book by Euclid called Elements. So here again, we see the influence, as we have before, of people in the distant past on people in what is now the present, which of course is not our present, but it's the first millennium present. So anyway, this algebra is considered the foundation of of the sciences, in fact. Now, people think that Diophantus was the father of algebra, but in fact, Al-Khwarizmi was really more deserving of the title father of algebra. In any case... His work, Sindhindizij, was all about astronomy. And it was based on works or, or writings by Indian astronomers. Uh, and um, it shows some real maturity of thought. Uh, Subjects that he covered were calendars, uh, calculating the actual positions of the sun, the moon, and the planets. And then he had tables of signs and tangents. He explains spherical astronomy. He understood that these heavenly bodies were spheres, astrological tables. The parallax, which is an important thing that we use in order to be able to see things out in the universe, eclipse calculations and the visibility of the moon. So this is all really... Oh, and he also wrote... We think it was attributed to al-Khwarizmi... Uh, a uh, 
a paper on uh, spherical trigonometry. So even though he based his astronomical work on that of the Indians, most of the data that he used actually came from Hindu astronomers. And we feel that he might have been influenced by Ptolemy. So a lot of Islamic astronomers knew about Ptolemy. Um, he also explained some stuff about geography. So there were, you know, there other subjects. Um, the other thing that's uh, uh, cool is that um, he also wrote some, uh, I don't know whether to call them books or not, because I don't know if they, they were really books or if they were uh, on some sort of, you know, other fabric or whatever. But he wrote um, on what types of devices people used, like the astrolabe and the sundial. And he also wrote about the Jewish calendar. Um, so this guy, you know, he was, he was very literate. <laughs> the 8th century astronomer and translator, Muhammad al-Fazari, uh, contributed to al-Khwarizmi's uh, translation. In al-Fazari's uh, book, Tabakat al-Umam, or the Categories of Nations, uh, al-Andalusi informs us that uh, other people that worked on this book included al-Baghdadi and al-Khwarizmi. And he adds that its meaning, the meaning of this Tabakat, I don't know if I pronounced that right. It, it actually means al-dar al-dahir, which means infinite time, or it could be interpreted as meaning cyclic time. Uh, now, Said al-Andalusi uh, said that al-Sindhind divides time into cyclic periods of creation and then destruction, which are called kalpa, or eons. So around 701 to 800 uh, in the Common Era, uh, we see the you know, evidence of the development of Hindu cosmology. Hindu cosmology and again, I'm going to give you all the sources for all these information that I'm giving you here. So don't worry, you'll find links that go more in detail <clears throat> about all these subjects. But Hindu cosmology is the description of the universe, according to the Hindus, and its states of matter, and the cycles within time physical structure and the effects on living entities according to the Hindu texts. Hindu cosmology also mixes in the idea of a creator uh, 
who allows the world to exist and take shape. Hindu cosmology upholds the idea that creation is timeless, having no beginning in time. Now, but there's this creation and then, so in Puranic Hindu cosmology, it, it, it uh, has the universe going through repeated cycles of creation, then destruction, then rebirth, with each of these cycles lasting about 4.32 billion years. I find it really fascinating that only recently our modern scientists and scholars seem to have begun to think in terms of a multiverse and these possible cycles of bangs, like not just one big bang, but, but like many universes being created and destroyed, uh, like, a, like, like bubbles, you know, expanding and then popping and then expanding more bubbles and popping. Uh, you know, we're part of this massive uh, uh, bubble maker like a child's toy. But we see evidence in Hindu cosmology of a parallel thought process, uh, you know, 1,200 years, you know, earlier or whatever, um, which is to me quite incredible because, and the idea, again, just going back to what we were saying a moment ago about, uh, about the... Uh, each cycle lasting 4.32 billion years, um, that's, that seems sort of almost like accurate. You know, it's a, it's a very specific amount of time that they say uh, these cycles happen. Now, I think obviously it must be much more than 4 billion years for a universe to um, be created and destroyed, but the concept is the interesting thing. Um, here's what you're hearing right now is the music that I've created uh, to represent Puranic Hindu cosmology or what I call the maybe multiverse. Um, you'll hear uh, first creation, which is like, uh, represents like represented by the idea of purity. Listen to the purity of the sound. I've represented purity with the flute, which has a very pure tone. And then destruction, which I haven't actually created yet. Uh, so there's more music that I'll be composing, but the destruction would be represented by, in my music, will be represented by explosions, uh, a sense of explosion and anger and desolation, uh, which are obviously the, the sensations that we would experience if our universe was destroyed. And then uh, after that, there's this the beginning of the cycle again, the rebirth. Or since I used purity to represent creation, this will be a return to the music of purity. So... I hope you enjoy these little offerings today. 
uh, you'll see, you'll notice that the, today's episode was much shorter than our usual episodes. Uh, I've been uh, getting a little bit of a time crunch on doing these uh, podcasts. Um, I'm hoping that I'll be able to keep going every two weeks, but we may have to uh, change our schedule to once a month uh, because uh, I am a busy music teacher also. Um, you know, teaching uh, young people how to play uh, uh, musical instruments. But uh, I hope you enjoyed this. Please, please, if you like it uh, and you want to hear more about the the uh, telescope timetable or any of the other subjects we talk about, check out the links below. And also, please support us in this effort by uh, becoming a, a sponsoring member. Uh, you'll see the link again right below the podcast, wherever you are listening. And, um, and uh, we'll see you... Uh, in either two or four weeks, depending on what the decision is. In the meantime, like uh, Carl Sagan used to say, keep looking up.